0: right so uh this is the last episode of series one
1: buffy season one episode 12 prophecy girl and my i've been using this formula of like in which a literal thing becomes a metaphorical thing but i don't know what it is for this episode
0: ah
1: i don't know what the literal thing do you have any drafts there any well like i guess it's like the spring fling right
0: uh yeah i don't know what about
1: i guess it's kind of like is it is it like the end of school term is that what spring fling represents
0: i think it's like uh thing, things maybe like when when, Transition? when when everything is life and death when you're a teenage girl yes becomes
1: actually everything, everything is life and, life and death. death and
0: you're a teenage girl i mean it's like a mission statement for the show right like
1: yeah sure 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 so like her own like yeah so metaphorical end of the world becomes real end yeah, of the world pretty, which pretty again is the whole so show. i think
0: it's quite a meta you know it's like a very it's just like this is a buffy episode in the sense that like it's like the the microcosm and the macrocosm you know it's not doing any weird metaphorical hyenas or or you know kind of like horny mantises and stuff like it's just this is like just kind of the, the 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 pure sort of like the pure opera of of mm. buffy do you know
1: it's very pure distilled buffy yeah. this this episode it's like the pocheen <laughs> of uh how do you pronounce it how would you say uh it?
0: well we say pocheen Um,
1: Pachin do some people say pachin? I think
0: I think it's Pachin
1: okay just some people say it wrong maybe but like maybe maybe
0: down the country they they might say pachin I I don't know it doesn't sound right to me Uh, do you know about the Pachin Republic?
1: No what's that? Uh,
0: the Pachin Republic is um, near where I'm from in Donegal and it's like uh, Uris, I think it is Um, and it's a place where they made their own Pachin and alcohol whenever it was sort of like it was illegal to do so because ireland was like you know under britain at the time and there were laws against producing uh alcohol in ireland uh obviously so that like we'd have to buy it from britain just like everything else you know like it wouldn't be but they managed to like they managed to like keep out like i don't know british law uh for like i think maybe like decades i'm not quite sure but so it was just this like one little part of uh ireland which was in donegal which is in my peninsula that they managed to be like somewhat independent um Ah. but i think that i think so anyway and because basically it was it was to protect their ability to make potchine without interference so it was it was afterwards it was called like the poaching republic of iris
1: i'm really enjoying uh, how much irish history we've been getting into our buffy podcast
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's the crossover you always wanted
1: unexpected but somehow perfect yeah (laughs) have you ever drunk pachin pachin so i reckon my dad used to say pachin and i don't know if that's because he was from tipperary or if it was because he grew up in england
0: yeah see the thing is i just (laughs) think that the way we say everything is the right way and then yeah you know and and we can be quite like chauvinistic about our like uh regional accents in ireland as well too so i'm I'm not going to say anything you know because i I, <laughs> I i don't know who's listening um,
1: <laughs> if anyone's know. listening from tipperary and uh <laughs> you guys say pachin then that means my dad was right yeah. and uh if not it means my dad uh had been out of ireland too long by the time i was born should we maybe like say at this point in case people don't know that pachin is like Irish vodka
0: yeah yeah and uh that's actually what we're doing now we're pivoting into a pachin podcast now that we finished series on a Buffy. we're not continuing with series we're just going to do like a whole new thing every series and now uh, it's going to be pachin so we're going to see be-
1: <laughs> it's going to be about the history um but also like really getting into the specifics of how you distill it <laughs>
0: So, yeah, buckle up, bitches. <laughs> Buffy's not
1: here. You can practice on me, small. All
0: right, okay, all right. So So back to Buffy. Back to Buffy. Uh, <laughs> Since we're to,
1: still on that one.
0: S- yeah, yeah, just for this one <laughs> final episode about Buffy. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the first thing I was thinking is that this is, like, uh, it feels like a finale, like, straight away.
1: Oh, hell yeah.
0: Right, because, well, so first of all, like, Xander and Willow are in the bronze, and they're doing the re-talking thing. But like, you know, Willow's even like wearing a bit more makeup than usual. Do you know? She, it's like yeah,
1: she's got a lot of mascara on.
0: Yeah, and it's like, does, does she know it's the finale? It's like she's dressed up for the finale. <laughs> Do you know? Everyone just looks a little bit prettier, a little bit more well done mm. than usual. And then you've got the slow motion Buffy flying through the air thing in the graveyard, which is you know great and all. And uh, but like, and then Cordelia's there. But like, why is Cordelia there, right? She's mm. there because Joss is like putting all of the little pieces in place, and he's saying, "This is our. These are all our players. These are all our gang. We're gonna introduce them all in, in cold open. Because mm-hmm. um, then even Sanders'
1: to... hair looks better than usual.
0: Right? They're all just like they're. You know, it's like they're wearing their weekend clothes. You know. Mm. Um. And yeah, so it kind of like sets them all up, and then you know ends the big earthquake, and then like boom, right finale. Hmm. So that was, that was that was the first thing I thought. It was just, like, very immediately the texture of this episode was very different.
1: Giles is reading a book. Is that the first? Is that still the cold open before the earthquake? Giles is reading a book in one of his five languages. Uh-huh, yeah. Do you know which one?
0: Um. I would say, like, yeah, Proto-Sumerian. I mean, like I that. didn't
1: look it up, but I assume mm-hmm. Proto-Sumerian, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and...
1: It also sounds like he might just be, they might have just made up a language. Yeah. Maybe. We don't, we so this don't is, know sure. this, is,
0: this is the codex thing, isn't it? Yes. This is like the codex that like Angel had found.
1: The Paganan codex, is it?
0: Oh, uh, no idea. No, is that I not think... like, is that not the clown in the joke? Like the Italian <laughs> clown that goes to the doctor?
1: <laughs> I don't know. What joke?
0: <laughs> oh, you know, it's like the, the it's actually quite a sad it's not really a joke it's it's more of a it's just a sad little story where
1: I don't know this at all is it a true story you need to tell me now
0: no it's it's quite like um it's quite like famous and it's sort of like become a bit of a trope and you kind of replace it with different things but basically it's like this you know man goes to the to his doctor uh and he's like, oh, i'm doctor, I'm just like so sad and like my life and it's terrible, and I feel like i'm you know you know, awful, depressed and, and terrible. And the doctor goes, do you know what you do? There is the, the famous clown Paganon is uh, playing in town tonight. He's great. He'll cheer you up. You go there. Every time I'm sad, I always go there. And he goes, but doctor, I am the Paganon Codex.
1: <laughs> I've never it, heard that before.
0: I don't know if it's supposed to be funny. It's quite it's, sad.
1: Yeah, it's... Um... <laughs> It's more sad than it is funny.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's the codex, and then there's a, and then there's an earthquake, uh, and then we get the theme song for the first time in this episode.
1: Tell me more.
0: Oh no! Because well, we'll get there. But, oh, um, sorry.
1: I thought you meant we get the th- right. I, I so I read the grammar of that sentence wrong. I thought you meant we get the theme song. For the first time in this episode,
0: uh, but yeah, you yeah, meant yeah, no, for the first time in this. We get episode. the theme
1: song for the first time <laughs> in this episode.
0: <laughs> no, I, when you said it that way, I heard it the other <laughs> way.
1: Look, spoiler alert: the theme song is going to
0: come yeah. back. <laughs> Zen starts the master
1: is like yeah earthquake it's a sign he's like loving it
0: Mm -hmm. after after the earthquake buffy comes into the school which is not closed no uh despite suffering like huge earthquake Mm -hmm, damage mm -hmm. Um, well i mean it's early
1: days yet
0: yeah but i mean like the the library's like falling apart it's got a big like hole in the ground has the earthquake just happened
1: when she comes in
0: I think it happened that night.
1: Oh, okay. I wasn't clear on the timeline. I thought like she literally just went to the school. No, this is the next Although,
0: day. I don't know what life's like in California. Maybe maybe they're so used to earthquakes that you you, you do that, you know, you go into school.
1: Maybe so. If anyone's listening yeah. from California.
0: You can let us know. We would actually really to like
1: to have you as a cultural reference point for this podcast. So
0: Yeah, there could be a <laughs> it could be an unpaid internship yeah. for you.
1: Get in touch. You can be our um our what you call it our um what's the name for someone who like our consultant
0: consultant yeah
1: our california youth consultant
0: <laughs> well it needs to be uh, like a gen x consultant though, oh sorry to tell california
1: us. was young in the 90s consultant so yeah, yeah. you'd actually need to be at least 40. yeah
0: yeah <laughs> yeah interesting that like vampires are are like used as a barometer here like the show just like ups the ante so much in like other series Mm that she's like, there's like three vampires last night. And it's like... Yeah,
1: and they're getting cockier. Yeah. Is that like a recurring thing or...
0: I think they do kind of use like, you know, supernatural activity coming up or whatever. But then vampires just become like such the background of the show. Yeah. That they stop having a huge, like...
1: I do like in the title, the little title sequence bit. um, Because it's in every generation, the Slayer is born. And then it says... She will, I should know it off by heart by now, but I don't, um, alone she will fight the forces of darkness, um, and then it says vampires, and then, like, almost as an afterthought, it's, like, also demons and other things, right? So it's, like, vampires and then also demons and other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you feel like maybe they started the idea for the show when it was just going to be vampires, and then they were, like, actually vampires get old quite quickly, so, like,
0: <clears throat> well, let's yeah, also I mean,
1: add in all the other things.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it was made off the back of the movie, right? And then, um I mean, already, like, in the in the second episode, it was a witch, and in the third episode, it was a horny mantis, you know, so... Yeah,
1: they they move away from vampires I think they, I think they knew what
0: they were doing. It was just to just yeah. set them up the structure they needed.
1: She's a vampire slayer, but she's also an everything else slayer, and she always was.
0: Mm-hmm. Um... I have a note here that says it's the computer age, but I don't know what that refers to or who says it. Oh, is
1: this when, so so after biology, Buffy's with uh, Willow and Xander and she's Mm -hmm. wearing really good shades. And then uh, they refer to Willow being a nerd and Willow says, I'm not ashamed. It's the computer age and nerds are in. And then looks nervous and says, they're still in, right? And the answer is yes.
0: Yes, they were never out.
1: They were never. In a a sense, nerds always have and always will be in. And no one who's actually in high school will ever know that. Mm -hmm. But people who aren't in high school do know that and always have and always will.
0: Yeah, it's the huge secret. Yeah. Um,
1: You guys are actually the cool ones.
0: (laughs) Oh, God, this is getting too wholesome. Um, Let's go back to incel Xander. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my God, he's awful in this episode. Oh, It's just, I mean... I don't want to be it. So I have. A... I think because you know, like when you watch TV shows when you're young, you sort of have a set of, like you you are taught a way to understand these certain characters, yeah, and I think like definitely when I saw this when I was like seven or eight, I must have just been like, oh, poor Xander, his heart's broken.
1: Even like I have to be honest, having watched this at twenty three and thirty one, I see Xander very differently.
0: Yeah, right. And I
1: didn't, like, when I was 23, I didn't go like, oh, Xander, I love you. But I didn't realise how disgusting he was.
0: And this is, you know, like, at least he's kind of gone for it or something. I don't know, do you know? But it's, it's like, Sarah Michelle Geller does a really good job in the scene of just looking so, like, uncomfortable. Like, so incredibly uncomfortable. And there's, like, really nothing she can do other than just sort of, like, Tense up and just like wait for the moment to pass. Yeah, and and
1: she is being mature. She is like
0: like as mature as she can be. Like you know, yeah. There's but other she's, things you could say in that moment, but like I think you kind of really need the life experience. And she's she's done mature
1: like, is not even the word. Yeah. She's being kind. She is being really yeah. fucking kind in this scene.
0: Yeah, and he
1: responds by being a massive baby. Um, also. Before he even gets on to being a massive baby when he asks her out and she says no very kindly and he's an asshole. Yeah. Um, Before we even get to that, he is like, right, I'm going to ask Buffy out. I need to get a bench to do this on. And he (laughs) claims a bench by going over and saying, hey, leave, to the guy who's sitting there. Who the fuck is Xander within this school? Like, is Xander the school bully? Like, Xander is not this kind of, like, outsider guy that we've been led to believe he is if he's just going up to people and saying hey leave
0: well I mean have you forgotten so quickly that uh, he owns a skateboard <laughs> Uh. But
1: I thought, I thought outsider geek boys on skateboards. And I this again, we need our California high school then yeah, yeah. I don't understand who this man is.
0: But we have just learned in the previous episode, no, that like, even though we are presented Willow and Xander as if they're the outcasts, mm. there are people that are even more outcast than them who turn into invisible girls.
1: So I guess this guy on the bench is like, soon to be invisible boy, I don't know, yeah. but
0: yeah but like yeah
1: no xander just before doing this whole like oh victim nobody likes me scene um mm-hmm. has just gone and kicked somebody off their bench um <clears throat> unceremoniously so that he can ask a girl out on this bench because you can't ask a girl out without a bench yeah and yeah i just i wrote down chilling intensity. Um, of of Xander in this scene, I just find him very uncomfortable in a number of levels.
0: And he's just too close, and it's just all very like,
1: ugh. And yeah, yeah. And he's all serious and just, uh... yeah, no.
0: Really, it's silly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> hey,
1: leave. I like it.
0: So the next, as it then, is it like Jenny comes in to see Giles
1: yeah miss calendar he's on the phone saying uh this is this is giles rupert giles
0: yeah yeah shaken not stirred mm-hmm. uh jenny 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 um miss calendar reads out a litany of horrific uh portents <laughs> yeah, which i, she's I been, remember she's been
1: surfing the net
0: yeah um
1: when was the last time you surfed the net
0: I feel like the net surfs me these days. <laughs> uh, the it just washes, really turned, yeah. just washes over <laughs> me, just a sea of doom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's totally true. We don't surf the net anymore. I've
0: been caught in the net, Sadie. You know, like as in, as in, like like Sandra Bullock in the movie The Net. <laughs>
1: I've not seen the movie The Net, but it's about it's about Twitter.
0: Oh, well, you're going to have to watch it because the third series of the podcast is going to be about the net.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then the fourth series is going to be about Younger with Hilary Duff. Is that right?
0: Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Can't wait.
1: Once we've covered Pachin, Pachin, The <laughs> <laughs> Net with Sandra Philip And you. <laughs> 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 so miss calendar has been surfing the net
0: Uh uh-huh and 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 these are really horrific i remember like being quite like scarred when uh by the baby born with its eyes backwards like Mm. as a kid when i when i watched this thing really stayed with me that idea
1: kids born with its eyes backwards um a family are in the lake and the lake starts to boil
0: and weirdly what didn't like affect me back then but now i'm like that's horrific is it not a woman gives birth to a litter of snakes or is it or is it a dog
1: a dog gives birth to oh, a litter shit, okay. of snakes instead of puppies, I think, which is, it's, that's actually pretty that... cute.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think it's still kind of horrific. Or oh, is it oh. a snake
1: gives birth to puppies? No, it'll be a puppy giving birth to snakes, won't it?
0: Well, you know that my, you know what my dog gave birth to?
1: Otters? No. <laughs> well, were they? Moles?
0: <laughs> yeah, because I didn't know that our first dog was pregnant and, um... <laughs> I came home Monday. I that I thought it was otters. <laughs> I wouldn't have known what an otter was. I was like five years old. And uh, I found the dog like lying down, like panting, like, you know, just like post post birth. And, um, you know, I was the first person to find all the puppies in her when she gave birth. Um, So the puppies were all still covered in like, I don't know, like amniotic fluid. And they mm. were blind and they were all sticky and black and they were all suckling on her and she was just lying there like absolutely spent and uh they were they were going in for the milk and i like screamed (laughs) because i didn't know what was happening so i like pulled all of the puppies off her teats And these, like, poor little blind slimy things. And, like... And then I, like, ran in crying to my my family and was, like... I think it was to Owen, maybe. And I was just like, Owen, Owen, moles are eating Susie.
1: (laughs) What must Owen have thought was going on? Did he know she was pregnant?
0: I think they might have known she was pregnant. And, weirdly, we think it had two fathers, which apparently is not that uncommon for dogs. Yeah,
1: so, um... John's mum's dog, um, Ellie, had a litter of puppies, um, which they reckon had two different, like, they reckon they know who the dads were, but they reckon that litter had two two different dads, because it was basically just, like, a group of puppies that looked like one dog and a group of puppies that looked like the other, and both were, like, just local neighbourhood dogs.
0: Arthur and Brandy, they were the fathers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh, they were like a, the puppies? they were like a they were very forward for the time because this was the 90s so like being in a polycule wasn't like a <laughs> wasn't a common thing but you know Susie Arthur and Brandy they just, just strutted around the town you know that oh, and everyone just everyone just yeah. saw them you know as their own you know like locally nobody raised any objections about it because you know that was just it was just the way it was oh. in, in the community
1: <laughs> and uh what happened to the puppies did they go away
0: Ah, uh, we gave them all away um to like people locally and then uh, you know sometimes you kind of see them and you know, but we didn't have any contact with them afterwards really. Oh uh, but yeah, no, so uh, a dog giving birth to a litter of snakes or a litter of moles. Uh <laughs> you know, so so actually so actually that is quite <gasps> horrific for me because I've got trauma you have at- attached got trauma. attached to this chance. And species. what's the
1: difference between a mole and a snake, really?
0: Yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> um Jenny though. So Jenny here, she knows a little bit about the end of days because mm. did we discuss last time about how she's like um incredibly uh like evangelical, religious? I
1: don't know if we did.
0: Yeah, so um Robia <laughs> Robaya. La- oh the
1: actresses! Yeah, yeah, yeah. La- Sorry, maybe we did, yeah.
0: Morte. Um, she used to be a backup dancer for Prince, or not even just a backup dancer, she was like, she was like, is it Diamonds and Pearls? And like, she was either Diamonds or Pearls uh, in like 91 or whatever.
1: I can't remember if we talked this, about this on or off podcast, but yeah, yeah, I feel like I knew this about the actress.
0: And um, then, you know, eventually she did like loads of advertisements and then she did Buffy. Um, But like, while she was on Buffy, she, I think it was while she was on Buffy, she like, converted to christianity and like went mad in for like a very evangelical kind of brand of it and um she like turned her back on the series eventually i
1: don't know if they call it brands but yeah (laughs) uh do they maybe they do
0: evangelical churches have a lot to do with you know uh certain ones of them anyway but anyway um yeah so she she uh has like a ministry or something now and you can find her videos of her, like giving her like speeches and stuff. She's really not into relationships outside of marriage. That was the thing that got me the most because you kind of expect her to be like, you know, you have to love God and you have to whatever. But she was like, I was just distracting myself with, you know, with with food and drink and relationships outside of marriage. I mean, like she said that wow. just really, I was like, oh, wow, you're serious. Those are um, like
1: all my favorite things.
0: I know, right? I helped you cast that demon out of the internet. I think that merits some trust.
1: Um, I really enjoyed her saying that she's been getting, uh, global mailings from a monk about prophecies.
0: Global? Um,
1: Global mailings. Do you know what a global mailing is? I don't. I didn't look it up.
0: That, is it like, um, what's those things that I'm supposed to be in, you know, and you're probably in as a researcher, like listserv? Like...
1: Aha, uh-huh. it's probably something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking, like, is that just, like, a newsletter or is that...
0: Yeah, maybe it's one of those, like, you know, mailing lists. A mailing
1: list? It might just yeah, be a mailing list.
0: list. A global a global <laughs> mailing, yeah.
1: This monk has a mailing list where he sends out emails about prophecies.
0: It does sound more like something Giles would say.
1: But it's probably along the lines <laughs> of a listserv. Like, I'm on a listserv from the olden days um, for uh, my specific type of linguists where... If I want to, like, change the number of emails I get a day or whatever, I have to, like, actually do coding in order to, like, I have to email a bunch of code in order to change. So it's, like, that old fashioned. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I imagine um, it's something like that.
0: So so she's getting her global mailings. She's got these haw- awful stories. Yeah. Just having, ha- wearing a great top as well. Uh, yeah but she's
1: so she's wanting giles she's wanting to be like okay what what's happening let's work together and then he snaps at her
0: Mm, he does yeah
1: she's very out of character for giles Mm -hmm. i feel like something's wrong do you feel like something's wrong
0: something's wrong he's not ironed his shirts Mm -mm
1: -mm. which is she says he is wearing the same thing he wore yesterday but more crumpled
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um which is which is a cry for help yeah Mm -hmm. uh xander and willow both looking very 70s, uh, I thought. Um, Is
1: this when Xander's throwing his sad ball against the wall? Yes, yes. Mm. He's
0: playing sad ball, and Willow comes in and is like, Hey, pal. How'd it go? And and then he's like...
1: Women just betray me, and they don't even love me, even though I'm just a man, and I'm great by default. Uh
0: uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And
1: then he tries to ask Willow to the dance instead of Buffy and Willow is a fucking queen.
0: Yeah, she handles it like an absolute pro. Oh,
1: I wish I could have been this cool at 16. I probably would have said yes.
0: Yeah, like this is the thing. (laughs) Secretly very, very cool Willow. Again, we're supposed to think she's a nerd, but she's... Secretly
1: cool Willow who totally fancies Xander and has been like staring at him moonily the whole series and then he's like, oh, Buffy doesn't want to date me. Do you want to date me instead? And she's like, fuck no. Yeah. That's not happening. But like, he's, he doesn't, he's
0: not he's not really asking her no. to date him. She's asking her to go as a friend and she's saying, I'm not going to go as a friend.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, you know, it's whatever whatever he thinks he's asking her. Isn't, the point yeah. is that she's just like, no, I'm not going to take second best. I'm not going to like, yeah. no matter what you're asking me, the answer is fucking no. Yeah. And yeah. I, I fucking love it.
0: And what Buffy has, you know, what you feel the situation with you and Buffy is, then that's also the situation that I'm in, but you're the Buffy here. Yeah, and she
1: definitely could have persuaded herself here. Like, you know, she could have been like, oh, it's not a romantic thing. We're just going as pals. But actually, she secretly fancies them or whatever. She could have like put herself in this shitty, complicated situation. And she was just like, no, not doing that.
0: No, great. And
1: then Xander says he is going to go home and listen to country music. The Music of Pain. Mm-hmm. And the song is, well, we find out later, but the song is Fall to Pieces by Patsy By
0: Patsy Klein, Klein yeah, mm. which is... Uh,
1: Definitely the Music of Pain.
0: The thing that I have, which is a thing that I have to go to. See you later. So is the next thing, is this when Sarah Michelle Gellar, uh, or Buffy, as she's known, um, and... <laughs> Goes and finds them talking about her in the library. A little bit of a little yeah. Bit
1: of so there's blood coming out the taps, which is never a great sign.
0: <sighs> oh God, yeah. Mm.
1: Blood, blood at the taps, and then Buffy's like, "Right, better go and speak to Giles." Uh huh. And she goes into the library and hears overhears Giles telling Angel that the Codex says that Buffy is going to face the Master tomorrow and she's going to die. Mm. which is like a big like oh moment
0: which is our first is our first prophecy is it is it our first prophecy
1: i think so apart from i guess there's like general prophecies about her being the slayer and stuff.
0: yeah like i feel like prophecies definitely come into buffy as like a as a sort of a a trope or like a a thing that gets used to you know add a bit of drama or a bit of suspense quite Mm. a lot but this is the first this is the first prophecy we really kind of engage with with her. Um, so we don't really know what, how the show is going to deal with prophecies yet. Mm. You know, so if the if it says she's going to die, maybe she's going to die. You know, mm. um, she does maybe a great job. Maybe the first series.
1: Maybe they didn't get renewed. Maybe they didn't get a. Uh... A second series commission
0: yeah yeah and that's mm-hmm. why they're like showing all of their showing all of their different casts, being like please please don't cancel us mm.
1: um i mean it's possible at this point that they didn't know if they'd have funding for a second
0: series yeah i don't know i don't know um very very possible yeah mm. um but they've
1: kept it open for themselves which was yeah. the right thing to do
0: uh i'm very glad that they did get more yes, money because like so. this has been a nice time and all but you know it just it yeah. gets so it gets so good um mm. Yeah, no, great, great, great bit of acting from Sarah Michelle Geller here. Mm. She runs the gamut. She's mm. sad. She's sassy, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: She gets angry. She throws a book at Giles. She says she's going to quit. She won't try and stop the master. She breaks my heart in this scene.
0: Really moved. Very, very mm. moved. And um, I got really distracted because it, it looked like Angel had gotten his hair lightened a little bit. Um, I don't know why <laughs> I kept focusing on that. Uh
1: Probably because you couldn't handle the raw emotion mm, that she was showing probably. us. You were probably trying to have just.
0: It was just an anchor. Um, mm. There is like quite a lot of... Um...
1: That sounds a bit like I was being sarcastic. I wasn't. She genuinely moved me in this scene. Yeah. She's a wonderful actress. No,
0: she is incredible. Yeah.
1: She's really good. Read me the signs! Tell me my fortune!
0: The next bit though is, is when it kind of got me because Buffy's in her, in her bedroom she's you know looking at photos of her friends is Mm -hmm. that right
1: well she's looking at photos of something actually i thought maybe childhood photos but
0: oh maybe and then joyce comes in in a painter's shirt Mm -hmm. just to just to give us a little bit of comfort Mm. do you know we see joyce there we know buffy's safe because she's got the best mom in the world
1: Mm. Mm mm-hmm and Buffy's like, "Can we go away for the weekend?" And Joyce is like, "You know, <sighs> no, the gallery's can. open at the weekend.
0: The gallery's open at the weekend. She works never, every
1: day. For
0: it Joyce. never stops. It never stops for Joyce. She works it like never seven for days, for days
1: a week. What's that yeah. all about?"
0: Or maybe it's erratic. Maybe she's got like Mondays off. You know, galleries maybe. are often closed on Mondays. Like but days then she's when probably Buffy's doing. She's probably doing stock taking. She probably on
1: a volunteers somewhere.
0: Yeah, but. No, so it never stops for Joyce, do you know? Um, and uh, then there's like a very weird line because um, she buys Buffy this dress. Yes. And then she, Buffy's like, we can't afford this. And then Joyce <laughs> says, the way you've been eating, we can afford it.
1: <laughs> and like the way she says it, I initially, because I was like, oh, because she, she had mentioned already that Buffy hadn't been eating very much. So I was like, okay, they've got more money because Buffy hasn't been eating very much, but she kind of says it as if she's like, "Yeah, man, because you've been eating a
0: lot." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's saying it as if it genuinely has affected the amount of disposable income in the house, one way or the other. Like she, it's not, it's Which not delivered. Is possible like, a, yeah, if
1: the dress was very cheap and was yeah. equivalent to like relatively small amounts of food, I guess. And
0: then I was also like, "How big is their house?" And there's only two of them living in it. And I'm like, Joyce, maybe if you got a smaller mortgage. You could work less hours at the gallery. You could have more time with your daughter and you wouldn't have to, um, like, you know, do your budgets based on how much your teenage daughter is eating. Also,
1: does she, like, sell <laughs> Buffy's leftover foods? <laughs> is <that what> she... <laughs> Because because it wouldn't actually make a huge amount of difference. I mean, unless she's like, unless she
0: calibrates. It just seems like
1: unless she calibrates the amount of food she buys, where she's like, okay, Buffy didn't eat that much last week, so I'm gonna buy a smaller amount of food next week.
0: Or is it like how big Buffy is? like how how thin she is does she weigh
1: Buffy and then buy the amount of food based on that
0: or like that depends on the size of the dress I don't know anyway it's a really unless
1: she's selling Buffy's leftover food I don't really know how she's saving money because Buffy's appetite is diminished
0: (laughs) exactly it's It's not like Buffy's a
1: gas meter you know (laughs) But it's like <laughs> you don't it's like get that, that cash back when she bought the tatty. It's, like,
0: it's like that line, and yeah, exactly. Like you know, she's bought the like she's bought the food already. It's already been paid. <laughs> um, but but when Jenny is like, that's not where I dangle it from. Like sometimes these characters and this, they just say these lines with so much <laughs> like with so much character and pizzazz you just accept? That you. That you just accept it because they've said it in such a characteristic way that you're like, okay, that makes, that's a thing. Is
1: it that the car? is it that the actors are better than the scripting? Is that what the issue is? Because I just feel like I completely believe that I understand who every single one of these characters is, but sometimes (laughs) they just say something that's super weird. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think that's what it is. I think that's absolutely what it is. Well, we can't afford this. The way you've been eating, we can afford it. It's we're in school now, and yes. Cordelia and Willow yes are having a friendly chat.
1: Yeah, they are.
0: Because after Marcy and all, there's obviously been some bonding. Even though Cordelia pulled it back at the end, you know, mm. there's there's a simpatico there now. And then you know?
1: Cordy's kind of set um, Willow up. She's been like, "Oh, Willow, would you come and set up the sound system uh, for the Spring Fling?" Which I just want to highlight as another moment of Willow being secretly incredibly cool.
0: Oh, yeah, of course.
1: Like, come on. Like, just like, oh, well, you come and set up the sound system because you know how to do that. Like, Willow would have had so many cool points in my high school That's ridiculous.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I guess this is where <laughs> we need our Cal- California uh, cultural consultants uh, as well. I don't know. You know. Maybe
1: maybe setting up a sound system isn't cool in California. I don't know.
0: Um, And uh, they had, like, very creepy scene. We come across the, the carnage in the... Mm. Uh, Audio room? Computer room? Tech room?
1: I don't know. The room where they watch cartoons.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the cartoon room.
1: cartoon room.
0: And fade to white.
1: Mm.
0: And then Buffy in her dress.
1: Buffy's looking lovely in her dress.
0: This moment and and the music and the fading to white and the way everything was handled uh, was like super twin peaksy to me. Like Mm. really, really... It just goes like super Lynchian which we kind of saw in the last episode, uh, bringing it in. But yeah, um, and uh, Buffy doesn't really stay in that sort of thing. Like I think in the second, it kind of finds its own sort of language, but you can, the way this was directed felt very like David Lynch, very Twin Peaks. uh, Was it uh, the last
1: episode you you said was very David Lynch as well? Yeah, Mm. yeah, yeah. I Mm. feel
0: like for these last two episodes, they're kind of trying out that. Mm. And and it works for what they are, but it's it's quite dated because it's quite like... um, it's quite like uh, like a like a uh, American TV soap mm. you know now kind of like I mean it's, it's really cool because it's like a really specific sort of aesthetic um, and I like it but it does belong in a particular time mm. and then we see Joyce again
1: mm so she comes in to tell Buffy about the mass killing
0: uh-huh. <laughs> something on the news. Oh, yeah, Uh, something on
1: the news, Willow. That's all she says. She doesn't actually tell Buffy about the massacre. Which is
0: such a mum way to deliver you. (coughs) Yeah. Bad news. Like, if you say something on the news, Willow, you're like, Willow's dead.
1: Yeah, totally, totally.
0: Mums, mums out there. You've got to, like, when you you call or you, like, give some news or whatever, you have to lead with, you know, I'm not dead, they're not dead, these people aren't dead.
1: My mum, if you're listening... (laughs) Would you text me and say, call me, love mum, I assume somebody's dead every single time. And all I want you to do is say, call me, everything's fine, I just want to chat, love mum. And that would be really, really good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is just another moment where Joyce is very relatably all of our mums.
1: <laughs> Something on the news, Willow. Like, mum, if you ever get in touch with me and say, like, something on the news, Osh, and then it turns out that Osh is not dead, he's on the news because he saw something bad happen, or I don't know, whatever, uh-huh. for any reason, they like, just don't do that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just, uh... just
1: let me know what's actually happened, all in one text message. <laughs> text messages can actually go on for quite a long time these days,
0: yeah, so you, you, can, to...
1: you can actually tell hey. us the whole story in one text message.
0: I uh, do they not they don't charge you like per amount of text message anymore like they used to do they i
1: mean maybe my, my mom's probably got like a phone contract from 2006 so maybe they oh, do for my God. mom i don't know buffy there's
0: something on the news willow anyway i'm going off topic sorry
1: <laughs> i mean i think off topic is what we do Osh. i think that's okay
0: <laughs> yeah we can come back anyway with joyce joyce and then, and then Willow, right? So we find out Willow is not dead, but she is sad.
1: She is sad. She's pretty shaken up because she's seen a lot yeah. of dead people.
0: Yeah. And it's a very, it's a very real scene. Um, and there's, the bit that got me in it is when Buffy's like, um, I'm glad you're okay. And she's like, I'm not. Mm, mm. And that's actually like the first time that you see a legacy of trauma in Buffy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we really haven't been, and they deal with it explicitly where Willow's like, I've seen really bad stuff happen before, but like, I knew these people and- has
0: Have we so, so swiftly forgotten about Jesse? Well, yeah. Like, Jesse was like their, their, you know, the Arthur to their Brandy and Susie. Do you know, like, he was, he was part of the trio before Buffy came. Yeah, so
1: she did- know these people before yeah yeah
0: and then Je- so and then jesse kind
1: of odd that she yeah jesse
0: became a vampire and then was killed and all in the space of like you know a couple of days and i mean i
1: can't i can't lie to you Osh. i had forgotten about that
0: yeah but he's not our best pal do you know <laughs> like
1: yeah willow's cold
0: yeah and then it's like no i didn't care for jesse <laughs> 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 but these guys that i you know set up the hi-fi with together, like we were yeah. we were we were close, do you know? Um so
1: And now they're dead. And now
0: they're dead. Um but no but the point is yeah it's like the first time that you're like oh right when like bad things happen to people they're going to carry that forward.
1: Yeah yeah
0: um which will happen in the show like repeatedly yeah. and repeatedly oh, and repeatedly. Yeah, will. Uh, yeah. But yeah I think that's like I think that's like the first time you see that.
1: And then giles and mrs calendar miss calendar mrs calendar
0: who who is just like the exposition lady is, in the yeah. show she's just there to be like so what you're <laughs> saying is <laughs> but like holding like a cup of tea the whole time and like just kind of splashing it about like but
1: while being super hot
0: while being super hot yeah um and
1: she um yeah so they're planning Giles is planning to face the master in Buffy's place because he doesn't want Buffy to die.
0: Mm -hmm. Because he's wonderful
1: and I love him.
0: And Buffy is feeling the strength of that dress. Um, Oh, yeah. And she says, no, uh, you're not going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm the slayer. This is my, you know, this is my responsibility. And then boom.
1: Punches him the fuck out.
0: Which feels excessive.
1: It does. I don't I don't think she really needed to do that. I mean she could have just like
0: Yeah, like I think she could've tied him up quite easily. Yeah. Do you know? Like Yeah. She definitely could have overpowered him, tied him up, you know. Doesn't doesn't need to. Like what if he fell and like what if he had like permanent brain
1: I think often in things like this, of this type, punching someone out is a convenient device yeah, yeah, yeah. to put them out of the picture yeah. and I think, I mean, I don't know, maybe at some point we can speak to someone who's an expert on um, traumatic brain injury Yeah, but I think that actually <laughs> punching someone to the point of them being unconscious actually is quite likely to have long-term effects and is maybe not the best way to put someone out of the picture.
0: And it's like a tiled floor or like it's mm. a hard floor, maybe it's linoleum, I don't know but you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there are better ways to um, just have someone out of action yeah, for but, a little while. Maybe na- just carry around a syringe of sedative or something.
0: Chloroform. Chloroform is another great plot, plot device that TV chloroform. shows use. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just feels like less... Also,
1: I don't know. Maybe also causes brain damage. I don't know. But um... <laughs>
0: probably.
1: <laughs> but did I ever tell you that when uh when I was a kid we moved into my granddad's old place and cleared out the garage and just found a shit ton of chloroform.
0: That's, that's, uh, weird. He didn't have any, um, potassium tablets, did he?
1: No, he didn't, no. Just, just lots of chloroform, also (laughs) lots of rat poison, we assume, because he'd been killing rats, I don't know. Uh Uh-huh. I I don't know, don't know the story, but yeah.
0: Maybe he was putting them to sleep first.
1: Yeah, I assume it was something lovely like that.
0: As the soon-to-be purple area on my jaw will attest, I did not let her go. What happens next? I've written... I've written No Homo, but I, I presume this is about Xander and Angel.
1: No Homo?
0: Yeah, I don't know why. This might be a Xander and Angel like joke to myself or something.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, Xander and Angel kind of have this. Whole... So so <clears throat> So Buffy leaves the school. She says to Mrs. C when he wakes up, think of something cool and tell him I said it.
0: Oh, yeah, um, great.
1: She leaves the school and Colin the Anointed. I don't know if he's actually called Colin. The little <laughs> boy. Colin.
0: Colin's like, <laughs> that name strikes fear in the hearts of no one. I
1: swear. I swear he was called Colin in one of I the I think early he ones. is Colin. Yeah, I Colin. think he is Colin. So, Colin yeah. the Anointed One comes for Buffy. He comes to take mm-hmm. her away and he pretends to be a little lost boy, but then she's like, I know who you are, and he takes her away. Um, and then we have Sander Willow, G- uh, Giles, and Mrs. C all in the library. Buffy's gone. Um, Willow gets a bit grumpy about Mrs. C being in the club.
0: (coughs) Oh, yeah. Kind of
1: you're not my mum kind of vibes. Which I I
0: thought... I thought she'd be quite into, you know, having a computer, but she maybe will she will be
1: eventually. But she's got that, she's got that picture of her and Giles in her locker, doesn't she? Like, she's
0: oh, yeah, yeah that's it. <gasps> not, I'm
1: not saying it's like a sexy relationship, but like, it's
0: yeah, she definitely that's what at it is. It's
1: like a father daughter kind of relationship. <laughs> I don't know,
0: I'd forgotten about that picture. <laughs> I have to see if it stays there in series two.
1: She has a vote of herself with the school librarian in her locker. Um, yeah. So, yeah, she's a bit like, oh, who are you? Um, And then, as you were saying, Xander goes to speak to Angel and Zan- and asks Angel to take him to the master. And mm-hmm. then there's this whole kind of like, yeah... Angel being like, you're way out of your league, kid. And, like, mm-hmm. they sort of can't decide if they love each other or hate each other. Yeah. And they have this really embarrassing kind of square goal thing going on. And, yeah, it's just, it's all really uncool.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, Buffy is... Uh, in
1: the Master's Lair.
0: In the Master's Lair. That's the only term for it, isn't it? And um, he's toying with her. He's being all invisible. He's throwing his voice around... And then he catches her and gives her, you know, a wee, that wee bite.
1: W- yeah, is... so he does this weird, horrible, sexy kind of coming up behind her, pressing himself again. It's pretty uncomfortable.
0: Mm-hmm. And then and gives sh- her a she... wee
1: small bite.
0: Just a wee nibble. Just
1: a wee nibble.
0: Which, you know, I'm like, this is supposed to be the most delicious uh, blood in the world, apparently. Mm. You know, Slayer blood. Mm. So. Feels feels very wasteful. Do you know? Yeah. I feel like I feel like the master's mom could probably buy him loads of leather suits. The way he's been eating. Mm. Do you know? Because just, <laughs> just like a little, a little nibble, and then just throws the rest of it away. Do you, know what <laughs> you mean? Like him and Buffy actually have quite similar eating habits at the moment. Uh, you're
1: so right but yeah he just goes it like he's just he's very restrained actually he's just he's a little bit yeah
0: yeah which i guess is great because it means that you know well as we see she's able to maybe recover and not Mm. require a Mm. a plasma transplant but he
1: takes a wee bite and then he flings it away but he flings her head first into the water
0: yeah and i I guess maybe maybe he's just excited to get out you know maybe
1: yeah he's like oh i've got my strength and then so now that he's drunk her blood he can be free right he can leave his lair
0: like, maybe it's actually kind of like vitamins. You know, like you have like mm. a threshold and then you just like excrete everything beyond that threshold. Maybe mm. he just, you know, he hit his threshold really soon and then it's just like. Like yeah. when you
1: have one of those <clears throat> vitamin C things and then your pee goes neon.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly mm. like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the part that gets me though is where Buffy is the vampire slayer. She's so little. Xander and Angel arrive mm-hmm. on the scene mm-hmm. and see that she's dead.
1: And Xander gives her CPR.
0: Right. So I have a long standing confusing about what, what actually happens in the scene. Okay. Because I remember the first time I watched this, Owen was there too and he didn't watch Buffy, mm-hmm. but he was in the room the time that I was watching this. So he brother. would have
1: been, was he what, like 10 at the time?
0: Something like that. You know, yeah, 10, 11. <gasps> and so the way it happens and it's because it's edited really strange there's like sanders giving cpr and then angels like looking down Mm. and then it's like buffy's face and it kind of makes this like magic noise there's like a little bit of a magic noise that happens Mm. and and the magic noise happens at the same time the angel looks at her Mm. so owen like convinced me that oh like Angel brings her back to life that's what he did there because the way he looked at her and then that music but vampires can't just
1: bring people back to life
0: no they can't but I didn't understand you know I I I then so that was just what I thought happened for years and years it was only when I went back that I was like no that definitely it was just a weird editing decision Um, yeah
1: and just because we don't like Xander it doesn't mean that he doesn't have good CPR skills
0: yeah, which is... Well, actually, I think I think he actually does have bad CPR skills because someone has pointed out online that he would... Um, he was, like, pushing in the wrong place and would have broken her breastbone. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but somehow, anyway, uh, it works. She comes back to life. Does she say she feels strong or did I imagine that? She
1: does say she feels wrong. I feel like... gosh, oh, I did some CPR training recently and I feel like I was told this... Uh, maybe I'm remembering this wrong... But I feel like I was told that actually when you do proper CPR on somebody, you often do break their breastbone, I, but actually I, that's okay. I mean, I it's was, not okay, but it's like better well, than them dying.
0: That's, yeah, that's what we were, we were taught. Talk- I've done C- I've CPR, I've done first aid mm. twice, maybe two or three times. And um, yeah, they say that it's like, well, I mean, the worst case scenario is they die. So yeah, this having, is, I like, feel like this is what bone. I was told
1: that like, actually, you might break their breastbone, but the point so is to keep their eyes. So, we had on.
0: this, like... We had this really bizarre guy teaching <clears throat> us first aid, um... And, uh, he was obsessed with naughty babies. Have you ever heard of a naughty baby? No. Okay, so we learned how to do CPR on the doll, and then we learned how to do CPR on a baby doll. Like, we'd, like a adult-toddler-baby. Uh-huh. Or, you know, adult-child-baby or whatever. Um, and then... He was like, when would you have to do CPR on, like, a child? And we were like, they choke on something. Like, yes, sure. Uh, they drown. Yeah, sure. And then he's like, what if they're a naughty baby? And I was like, it was- we were like, what? A naughty baby? And he was like, yes, a naughty baby. A naughty baby is some children, to get attention, they hold their breath until they pass out. Okay. And- like you know, they learn that they get attention that way, so like they keep doing it, and then it becomes like a kind of a behavioral issue, and they keep doing it. So like you might have to do CPR on them. So you know, we kind of just were like, sure, okay, that sounds like a thing. But then all of us went away and like tried to Google naughty babies afterwards, which you know is a weird thing to Google, uh, because. Yeah. But like, could not find any reference to anything called a naughty baby, uh, anywhere. It was just you know when you just get like a very, uh, eccentric teacher of a certain thing yeah. and they teach you they teach you something with such certainty that like nobody else corroborates anywhere else it's yeah. just one of those situations
1: that's really bizarre
0: mm-hmm. so you you weren't taught about naughty babies in your first day training absolutely
1: not no i don't okay. think it's a thing
0: okay all right cool
1: i don't think some babies do make themselves make their hearts stop by in order to misbehave <laughs> <laughs> that's really strange Yeah, we did have a drama teacher who told us about um, we were talking about so she was talking about like ways that you might stage a performance of this particular play that we were doing um, and she was like She was like, so she just kind of did this like little lecture and we were like furiously taking notes. And I only remember this because I found my notes a few years later. Um, And one of the things she said in this little lecture about how you might stage this play, like you could change the time frame, you know, you could change the um, setting. And then one of the things she said was, um, and smell is very important do you know the feeling when you walk into a theatre and you smell the smell of burning meat and then you realise it's actually human flesh? And, like, all of what? us in the room were like, what? But nobody stopped her to ask what she was talking about. <laughs> Wait, so when to you this smell... So you smell the smell of burning meat and then you realise it's actually human flesh.
0: In a theatre.
1: And I think she meant within the context of the fiction of the play maybe she'd gone to see a play that was about a world in which they burned human sacrifices or whatever and that's what she was talking about but like that's to us being,
0: that's a very generous reading though
1: yeah to us we were just like we could burn humans <laughs> are you suggesting that are we as burning, directors
0: are, we, we, are could- we burning human flesh to simulate the smell of burnt meat yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's so bizarre. Um, god, they so didn't let anyone what be teachers. What
1: the, fuck knows what the people at the Scottish Qualifications Authority thought when they were uh, marking our higher papers. But
0: oh my god! <laughs> I actually we had a substitute teacher one time who um, was teaching us about Amelia Earhart, and uh, he was really focusing on the fact that she disappeared, and he wanted us to kind of write about Amelia Earhart as like a comprehension exercise. And part of it then was he asked the the, the, the audience, the classroom, um, you know, so what do you think what could have happened to Amelia Earhart, you know, that she disappeared? And so most people were just like, there was a storm or she ran out of fuel. And he was like, yeah, it could be that. And he like writes kind of storm up on the blackboard and then like ran out of fuel up on the blackboard. And then he goes, there's one other thing that none of you have mentioned that's a possibility. And then he just goes to the blackboard and goes, time warp (laughs) and then underlines it like three times (laughs) and then explains that amelia earhart could have flown through a part of the world that sucked her either backwards or forwards in time so far that like no trace of her could be found
1: we shouldn't laugh i mean it's possible
0: it really didn't feel like he was teaching it from, like, a creative thinking point of view. Like, no. it really it was like, okay, what are the... Like, Occam's razor, like, what are the likely things that would have happened to her? Yeah. two storm, time warp. Time warp, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he, <laughs> he was brilliant. an interesting guy. He drank seven up the whole time. He just, just, like, poured glasses of seven up and, and drank them while he was teaching us. Which felt very eccentric. I don't know why.
1: Mm, I mean, when you think about the fact that, like, either of us could technically become teachers...
0: I mean, and it's if horrifying. we wanted to
1: like, if we wanted to mess with the kids, then we could like, we could probably get a job teaching and then talk to them about time warps and the devil and burning human flesh. Oh, yeah, and we, we could would totally be, would get away with all of that for a little while.
0: We could dog tooth them, you know, teach them like the wrong words for everything.
1: Yeah, for a wee yeah. while. I mean, eventually we'd probably get <laughs> fired. But like, we could probably have a lasting impact on quite a lot of people's lives and psyches before they got rid of
0: us. Quite like, like, uh... which is probably
1: what these guys did.
0: Like the face that Marcy was going to give Cordelia. Do you know, people see it once, remember it forever. Exactly. I've never, I've never forgotten the time warp. You've never forgotten the <laughs> <Exactly>. burning flesh.
1: <laughs> exactly. This is like how we actually change the world. Like this is how we have an impact on future generations yeah. is probably by doing really weird shit in school.
0: Yeah, schools. just, yeah. Things that have no reference for them at any other point in their life. And they'll think back and you just accept things when you're young. You just kind of go, okay, I guess this is what life is like.
1: Yeah, I guess Um, Amelia Earhart, I guess time travel's real.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, they're going to teach us more about that in secondary school.
1: (laughs) We'll understand when we're older. No, you won't. You will not understand what Miss Patterson was talking about when she talked about burning (laughs) human flesh. (laughs) No, you're never going to understand that. You're never going to know what they're talking about when they say, um, I don't dangle a corkscrew from my ear. Yeah, That's no, never yeah. going to become clear. <laughs>
0: it's never going to become clear. Some things will remain inexplicable moments in, your, in our lives.
1: <laughs> Forever. Willow, I really like your outfit. No, you don't. No, I really don't.
0: Speaking of human flesh or inhuman flesh, uh, I had never noticed the master's head veins before. Mmm. Lots of head veins. Mm. Very, very upsetting when... Mm. Uh, because cause Buffy gets up with Xander and Angel and then they do their, their power walk to the school.
1: Power walk. And is this the point where the theme tune comes back in?
0: The theme tune comes back in. Yeah. And it's doo, incredibly... Doo, 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 doo. So satisfying. Yeah,
1: it's beautiful. Beautiful. So the theme tune, which like is really out of place within the episode, but in like a really cool so, way. So,
0: so out of place. Because, at, yeah, and it's like that rock, like rock music was like, yeah, we're like we're not doing things the old way we're doing things the new way because mm-hmm. we've got rock music which
1: and she's marching after the master <laughs> in her lovely dress um a guy is it a vampire tries to stop her she kicks him in the balls it's just uh-huh, great uh-huh.
0: yeah um and then she heads up uh to the roof which has which has beautiful views you can see the whole town from there mmm
1: that is Mu- true.
0: Much like that bad boy, I was so laughing we'll at him. Little circle
1: back to the start of the series.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because that's it. Like, yeah, because it doesn't doesn't the episode does the the series start? Yeah. By saying let's go up onto the roof of the school and then we we finally arrive there and, and I you feel can like
1: see the whole town from up there. He
0: I feel right. like that was intentional. I feel yeah. like that's a, a little bit of a kind of an intentional Easter egg.
1: They knew what they were doing.
0: My world, my beautiful world
1: in the library a giant tentacle thing is trying to get out of the hell mouth to get them oh
0: god it's 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 horrid (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: so that's all happening while Buffy is going up to the roof to fight the Master.
0: It's also got like very veiny, very meaty, really like meaty. sausage, sausage-like kind of um, tentacles.
1: Lots of veins. It's really quite intense.
0: But also looks a bit like um, one of the one of the like plants in uh, Mario that like can like yeah. with the with the with the teeth.
1: I know exactly what <laughs> you mean.
0: So, yeah, they're all in there. Also, yeah, very phallic. At the same time. Very just veiny and very um, turgid. uh, Mm. Yeah, just mm, upsetting. And Uh, then the
1: master says to Buffy, But you're dead. And Buffy says, I might be dead, but I'm still pretty, which is more than I can say for you.
0: Which is very true. He's so.
1: Such a pure Buffy line.
0: He's also horrid uh, with his his head veins. He tells
1: her she has a punch... He he has a punch mouth.
0: Sorry, she she, she tells him he has
1: a punch mouth.
0: Fruit punch mouth.
1: Fruit punch mouth. Which presumably is a reference to this, like, weird pink staining blood. It might be staining from blood or it might just be, like, a sore mouth. We don't really know.
0: Yeah, it could be herpes. Um, But... uh, but it is also, like, I couldn't, I, I don't know why I obsess over this, but, like, I was like, is it the fruit punch that it, like, looks like it's stained? Or is it, like, a joke about, like, hey, you've got fruit punch mouth, and then you get punched in the mouth? I
1: think maybe both.
0: So maybe I'm both. give
1: her credit for both.
0: But I was wondering if that's, like, a, a, you know, like a, a thing that you would have said in, in school. Ah, uh, uh,
1: you know, like, like sh- smell the cheese. like that what smell thing. the cheese? Oh, was oh, that a fart? No, it was just literally, um people would say, smell the cheese and show you their hands as if, like, you were meant to lean in to smell the pretend cheese and then they punch you in the face.
0: Oh, oh. Yeah. We used to have the thing where people would be like, oh, did you know that if your hand is mm-hmm. um, bigger than your face, then, then you're gay and then...
1: Oh, for us it was then you have cancer.
0: Oh, uh, I think it was both of them, actually, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, so then obviously then you just get like smashed in the face. You put your hand up to your face yeah. and then they
1: would punch you in the face. Or yeah. um there was a thing where someone would hold up like a circle with their thumb and their ring finger. And if you looked uh, at the, the circle, circle, they were allowed game. to punch you in the face. No, yeah. but you
0: couldn't you you couldn't hold it up. It had oh? to be below the waist.
1: Oh, that's right. You're right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I actually
0: re- I actually really stand by the Circle game. The Circle game's great fun. Uh, there were just it, it lots is... of
1: really creative ways to punch people in the face. Yellow car. If you saw a yellow car, you could punch someone in the face.
0: Punch buggy, yeah. Mm. Um, so anyway. Very... Yeah. Mm? <laughs> I was like, it was all about the face for you guys. I think.
1: We just punch each we other were... in the face a lot, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, God, Edinburgh was just a tough <laughs> place to grow up. Just punchy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess so so yeah this is this is quite a satisfying scene up here uh he does his telekinesis and she's like that doesn't work on uh-huh. me anymore um and then i love the
1: way the master at some point i'm not sure what makes him happy but at some point he's really happy and he just does this really like four-year-old little clap he like claps with the flats of both hands it's very wholesome <laughs> like a little That's... toddler it's very cute
0: I have to go back and watch that. That sounds upsetting as well. There's something very cute ev-
1: about the master.
0: Everything he does is upsetting. Um, yeah. Another great line where she says, "You like hell so much, go there and flips mm-hmm. him down." That's that's great. And um, yeah, that's- she
1: she throws him down through the glass ceiling, mm-hmm. and his bones melt and he dies.
0: Yeah, but in a really slow, sort of atomizing way that, yeah. that really tells you that this is an old, old vampire. Mm-hmm. He's not just going to turn to dust, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, this is the fucking end of him.
0: Yeah. Uh, and
1: then we have the lovely, lovely piano version of the theme tune.
0: Oh, God, yeah, which we play do. So
1: Buffy goes in and she sees, like, the master's skeleton and all the debris of, like, the slime from the tentacle thing and, like, all of the bones and the shards of broken glass. And it's like... Broom, broom, broom,
0: broom, oh, I need to learn that.
1: Oh, you <laughs> definitely should. It reminded me of um when Heaven by DJ Sammy was really big when we were in primary school and then they had, like, the <laughs> candlelight remix, which was, like... Baby you're
0: all, all that that I, I want, want. When, when you lie here, here in my
1: Finding it hard to believe We're in
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the other version. That was the other version. Yeah.
1: The candlelight remix was just like soft and gentle all the way through.
0: So yeah, I'm, I'm, now I'm just going to call it, like the candlelight remix is going to be like a, a term I use for <laughs> for, for that kind for a of soft thing. piano yeah. version.
1: But I would really like you to learn um, a nice soft piano version of um, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Theme Maybe. Chain. If nothing else for my wedding.
0: Yeah, I could, I could do that. I mean, <laughs> do you know what? I can do it. Let's, let's, let's. Right. Okay. Or funeral. We can, we can do first. it. We can do it now. I can, I can, I can finish this. Let's, let's play. Let's play out the first series of the podcast with it.
1: Are you gonna do it? Yeah. Like for this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna do it.
0: It's
1: <gasps> beautiful. Yeah.
0: Gonna do the candlelit remix.
1: I would say that I would sing for it, but uh, it doesn't have any words, does it?
0: Mm, you can write some. I don't like the library very much anymore. So, yeah, that's... That is... That's it. We've got through series one at times. We have. I mean, and, like, that's more than some people do because, you know what? Like, if you don't know this is going to be a good show, there are moments you could give up here.
1: Yeah, there are. It's true. We have to admit that. Yeah. I do have one final, final comment on this episode. Um... Which I just want to like take one small moment for us to think about the people who clean Honey- Sunnydale <sighs> I High School. Oh,
0: right. Honeydale
1: High School. <laughs> the people who clean Sunnydale High School. So they, because the, it ends with them, they've got all this carnage around them, this broken glass, the creepy skeleton of the ancient dead vampire, the tentacle slime, all of this. Um, carnage is all around the school and they sort of leave looking back being like and like you know making a point of looking back and being like oh look at all this carnage and then leaving and somebody somebody cleans the school like somebody's gonna come in in the morning presumably and have to like deal with the skeleton yeah
0: and uh all of the you know penis monster juice that's probably on everything and
1: So let's just let's just pour one out for the cleaners at Sunny Day High School and all of the shit they have to deal with because this isn't the only occasion. No,
0: the law. they deal with this shit the every day and suffering. all the cleaners
1: at all high schools. To be honest, yeah. because all high schools have some like disgusting shit going on. Yeah, but particularly this this high school. Oh
0: god, yeah. Oh god, yeah. Okay, taking a moment. Taking a moment. So I think I think that's it.
1: Um, I think that's it. That was a beautiful.
0: So uh join us next series where we're going to be discussing pachin. <laughs> uh from from aspects Do you think we aspects, could
1: combine that with uh, from the potato Bullock's to film? What was the film called again? The Sandra Bullock The net. The net, yeah. We could probably combine those, doesn't
0: Do you know actually the net